We are Real Kipper and Born, the National Hour, live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Nick Kiprios, Justin Born, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, Frank the Tank. I don't know what Frank does. We still got Frank the Tank? We still got Frank the Tank. Yeah, I thought Jen returned today, but it's Frank. I just scratched out. (laughs) This hour, Real Kipper and Born, brought to you by Bet. 3-6-5. 3-6-5. The Oilers end a four-game losing streak with a 5-2 win over the Flames in the Heritage Classic. We've got Eric Francis, senior columnist, analyst with Sportsnet, to join us in a few minutes to discuss the big event, which, oh, I don't know what they counted it at. Was, that, was last night the 37th or the 38th? I think we've had 37 going in. Is that what the total is of outdoor games? That's a lot of outdoor games. Oh, yeah. We're almost at a COVID-length season of outdoor games. And they are 38 for 38 on finding a way to get through these games. you got to think, at some point, it's going to get rained out. Yeah. It's going to get Was it Tahoe? Tom was played at like 8 or 9 at night or something? No, but it, 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 they played it at night. Did, like at midnight. Yeah. Remember? Because I it was can't a, remember. Yeah, there were no fans anywhere. It wasn't the next right? day. It was the same night. Yeah, they played oh, it. Oh, that's right. And because they, they started, well, they went out for warm-up, and guys I, were sinking into the ice. There's like rats and, yeah, yeah. The, the sun. The sun. The sun was too uh, hot on, on a good portion yeah. of it. They didn't account for But that's the, that's, that's the closest. What is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dan Craig? Did you factor this in? Uh, okay, thoughts. Still doing it for you, or uh, is this just like it's great for the community? It's great for the clubs. Go out there with your new, I liked it, fourth uniforms. Try to sell as many as you can. Liked it. I thought the jerseys look great. People were all over me because I praised the leather colored pants and gloves, which I thought looked great for the Oilers. Jerseys all around. Was that, was that mustard? What was that? That was a nice look. You didn't like that? I don't know. A little shimmery. Yeah. They're a little too shimmery. Yeah, they could look a little more matte. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have the flyover, you have a little sunshine, nice Nickelback. and cold. And Nickelback out there rocking Let's it out. Go. Chad Kruger with the short hair, I'm not used to it. 55,000 people. Yeah, watching Connor McDavid, just like we said from the moment he got yeah. hurt, he'd be out there lighting it up, and he was electric. I'm not, I'm not budging. He shouldn't have played that game. I didn't, I'm not budging. I I'm not budging. What do you uh, think he looked like? Because I thought he didn't look nearly himself. Oh, he's the best what? player. He's the best yeah. player in, in he the. He was the he, most dynamic he's, person. No, he guys, look, he was I'm flying. He didn't look the same. He was okay. He wasn't Connor standards. At his best. You guys have some insane standards. He looked great. Maybe not at his best, but it's like he played a good hockey game. Yeah, it, it, for for me. For you. Oh, God. <laughs> for, for me. For 99%, I need a witch's potion to play like that. For 99% of the league, yeah. he played a good game. But not for Connor. Not for Connor. All right. Well, let's talk to the guy, someone Connor. who was there. Okay. We've got Eric Francis, as we mentioned earlier, who took it all in. And was it 37 or 38? Can you confirm for me how many have we done? And did this one still feel like the one that we had 20 years ago, Eric Francis? Yeah, a whole lot warmer, obviously. Like, this is number 30, 38. Like, it's amazing. Right. And interesting stat, the home team has won 19 times. The away team has won 19 wow. times. Wow. Like, there you go. So you can hang your hat on that fun fact. <laughs> just because, uh, go ahead. Because it's really not home field advantage. It just all of it feels so foreign, right? It all feels so 
away-ish, you know, because it's not your real stadium. So I think that's why, you know, it's a coin flip on whether the home team is going to win. Did, did it feel like a split in the crowd uh, between the Calgary Flame yeah. uniforms and the Oilers ones? Or jerseys? No, I, I'd say it's about an 80-20. Like, you know, hmm. the Flames fans were well represented, no question about it. But, you know, to suggest that half the crowd would come from Calgary three hours away, is that's that's a little much. But, you know, well represented. The, the hotels were rammed. Uh, you know, nothing was cheap. The merch wasn't cheap. The hotels weren't cheap. You know, the city really uh, made away like bandits. So did the league. Uh, but you know what? It was. It's a great celebration. I always say this about the outdoor games. I don't know what you guys think, but like, if it's not in your city, I get that you're not interested. It, unless it's snowing or it's Lake Tahoe. Like, there's there's not a whole lot of appeal. We've seen it and done it. But when it's in your city or when you're there live. It's something you never forget, and it's pretty magical. And the fact that they sold it out really surprised me and, and impressed me. It, w- it was a win for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, hey, they can charge a hundred bucks for those, you know, faux chains. Get that hockey-related revenue up. It's good for everyone. Good for the league, Eric. I support it. Sure. Um, you know, looking at that game, I guess we'll get the the Flames angle. Uh, your sort of takeaway from a game. Does it feel like another loss, or is that? game sort of separate event from the rest of the season how are the flames feeling after that outdoor game uh you know the whole weekend guys you know like you you get the whole family's there the the parents are coming in from all corners of the globe uh you know you're skating with the family like it's there's a real distraction uh to these games and that was probably a good thing for both teams who really needed a distraction from how horrible things have gone so far this year but at the end of the game, you know, I thought Michael Backlund said it best. Because somebody's going to wake up Monday morning feeling pretty good about themselves. He didn't mention how crappy the other the other team are going to wake up feeling <laughs> on Monday. But the reality is, it's five losses in a row for the Flames, and and that's you know that's tough. Like it's it's uh, we always used to describe the feeling in Calgary under Daryl Sutter as heavy. The room was heavy because there was just a lot of tension, and you're not weren't allowed to smile and have fun, all this stuff. But the heaviness is completely different now. The pressure to turn this thing around quickly is mounting tremendously. So we heard from Zadorov, who was very um, blunt when it came to yeah. what he thought about the team. And just in terms of picking up that vibe after this weekend, it's still very much there. Uh, do we have that clip, Sam, by any chance? But you you know the one I'm talking about where uh, he's basically calling out probably some of even the stars with individual efforts and not coming together as a team. Is there a sense that this outdoor game alleviated some of that or or no, it's picking up where it left off today? No, it, it, it alleviated it for a couple of days, like I said, when they got there and they did about six wardrobe changes. They got merch to last a lifetime. There were all sorts of appearances and family fun times and skates and dinners and uh, and but but now that's gone. Every all the families are leaving today. If they don't live in town, all, all, you know the parents, everything. Now the grim reality. Like today's a day off for the Flames, uh, and and the grim reality is tomorrow they return to the dome with that same heavy cloud hanging over them. Like oh my god our season could be over before it really even begins. Like that's, we saw this with what Vancouver was it last year or the year before where their start was so bad. They were, they were out of it by the time we were at mid November, the whole Thanksgiving thing, the Calgary flames are very, very 
seriously in jeopardy of of ruining their whole season because of the start they've had so far. And it's not just because they're losing. They're not even really in these games. They've been outscored 20 to 6 in their last five games. Boy. And they have three even strength goals over the last five games. Like they can't find lines that work. They can't find someone who can help Huberto. They can't find someone who can help Kadri. So they're putting them together on a line. Well, that's not helping either one of them. It's just a shambles. They've tried every line combination there is, and they can find no sign of chemistry offensively. So, you know, they're probably having the moments of internal concern when you're on a bad team, and I've been on a few, where you go, wait, maybe this isn't bad luck. Maybe maybe we're not good enough. Maybe we don't have the horses in there. I personally, and Eric, I don't know if you've followed my thoughts in the Flames for years. I think this is a good team. I like the roster. Yeah. I think their D is good. They got a good goalie. They got players. Am I, are we at the point where I'm just wrong and this roster needs new personnel to be better? Or is it still, this group can find it? You know, yeah, I, I, I know, Borny, you and I'm the same way on paper. And I was talking to Mark Spector the other day. You know, you're asking people from outside the city, are we crazy? Like, we really feel like, you know, their defensive core is one of the better ones in the league, I would say. I yeah. really believe that. Their goaltending has returned to form this year so far. Um, you know, but offensively, that's the, you know what, guys, like it all boils down to the two big guns. And every team in the league, you know, you got your two highest paid guys. And if they're if they're not producing at all, and I'm not just talking about uh, they're a little off. Like Kadri got his first goal of the year the other day. Oh, Huberto hasn't had a point in six games. Like, it, it's it's pretty desperate. These guys are playing like fourth-line players right now, quite frankly. And when your top-line players are playing like fourth-liners, um, I don't care how good or deep your roster is. If you can't score goals, you're not going to win in this league. We're talking to Eric Francis, senior columnist and analyst with Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, of course. Um, Eric, i got to ask you, just uh, certainly uh, – a 180 in the organization with the with Brad Tree living leaving. You go out, they sign uh, Craig Conroy to take it over. Uh, the decision to go with Ryan Huska, uh, who again comes in with uh, a great uh, resume, but has never dealt with underperforming players yeah. making seven or ten and a half million dollars here, and you know. It, how big of a test is this for Ryan and Craig now to to send a vibe on what's expected or is this going to just be one of those quiet uh, transitions to let's dump a few of these guys and get some assets and 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 retool or rebuild without really looking like it is this you mentioned this a little earlier but like that fork in the road is it coming sooner than later they, well, if they keep losing, then the fork is coming a lot sooner than later. Yes, I mean, I I, I do believe that uh, all this talk of Noah Hannafin being imminently signed uh, has come to a, a screeching halt. Uh, I do not think that they're going to be signing him anytime soon, and I definitely don't think they're going to be signing Elias Lindholm anytime soon. I very much think this is a wait-and-see approach in terms of those two guys and or as this team proceeds into the future. Look, if they if they – continue these losing ways over the next, you know, up to the 20 game mark. And they're almost out of the race at that point in time. Then every move you make personnel wise is with an eye on the long-term future. And that, that means, you know, making some really tough decisions. So yeah, the fork in the road 
could be here as early as a couple weeks from now, no question about it. And management is very much aware that, holy cow, we may have to do something drastically different than the way we thought we were going to have to do things this year. You mentioned Jonathan Huberto, and there's no question uh, it, it was a ton of weight on his shoulders. He underperformed. He knew it. Uh, everybody knew it. Uh, is there a sense that a lot of that can creep back up in his face this early in the season? Or does there just seem to be like a, a buffer zone here with, with again, Conroy and and Huska at the helm? Can they buy him time is my question to you to turn it around? Well, I, I think so. I mean, it, it is all up to him, right? I mean, you, you can buy time, you know, whatever that kind of means with the GM and or the coach. But, you know, he came in here with a new attitude this year. He obviously admitted last year was nowhere near the way he thinks he can play. And his first three or four games this year, he was he was okay to get a point a game, but but it wasn't still that impactful player that people in Calgary have been waiting to see since they acquired him, and and since then, you know, there've been no points and and, and no impact. Uh, there's no mojo. He claims that he's still keeping the faith and he's still got the swagger that he claims he got back in the summer, but he can't possibly have a swagger right now, and and he's fighting the same feelings that he had last year, which is. I can't figure out why I can't get going to the same tune that I did in Florida for the past handful of years. So it's an, it's an unbelievable quandary for the player and for the, for management. I mean, I can't imagine. I know Craig Conroy is not sleeping well at night. I'm sure Ryan Husk is not sleeping well at night. And Jonathan Huberto is definitely not sleeping well at night. Now, I don't know about Kadri because when we talk to him, it sure seems like he's just taking this all in stride and kind of shrugs it off and says with a couple of bounces he'd be back on track. It doesn't seem like he's taking it as hard as the other guys, but maybe I'm just reading him wrong. Eric, so, you know, you were there to watch that game in person. The Flames lose to the Edmonton Oilers, another team there in the province who had been struggling, finally got a win. What was your impression or what have your impressions been of the other team in Alberta there? Well, it's shocking to all of us that they're in the situation they're at. Like, I don't think anyone's, you know, totally shocked the Flames are like this. I mean, I guess it's a little surprising for sure, but but the Oilers, you know, nobody saw this coming. Uh, the expectation was, you know, cup final or bust. Um, they returned, in my opinion, they looked a lot like the team that we expected them to look like, you know, on Sunday. Now, everything was different on Sunday with the, everything from the crowd to the atmosphere to the feeling. But on the ice, it seemed like it was a very similar team to the one that we expected all year long. I have very little doubt that they'll use that win uh, yesterday to springboard their season. I, I really do. And they've got Connor McDavid back. And I didn't, I agree with you guys. I don't think he looked, you know, just like he always has, but the fact that he's back is such good news. And, and the fact that they got a win is a huge relief in that room. So they'll, they'll be just fine. I don't think anyone around here is really that worried about the Oilers. Is, is, last night's performance by Skinner enough to say that he's going to be the guy moving forward for, for the Oilers. I think that's going to be a work in progress guys. I, I, you know, I think that he's the guy Campbell had a great camp and that was very exciting for the organization to think, Oh man, what a bonus to get that guy back and, and we can have an option in our net binding. But I still think he'll be the one B guy out the rest of the year. I, I think they, they know they have a lot more faith in Skinner than Campbell. And while Campbell can still do it in flashes, uh, they think Skinner can do it with more consistency. So I think it's definitely 1A with Skinner at the top of that list. 
Our last one from here. I just want to get your thoughts on, we, before you came on, we talked about, well, it was the Leafs hour, so we were talking about potential D-man eventually, and it was like, what about Zadorov? He's a UFA at the end of this year. He's a big guy. He scored a lot last year. He seems like an interesting guy. Like, he's pretty outspoken in the media. Tell us about Zadorov, his season this year, and kind of what his value is to, to that team and the league. You know, when he came here a couple of years ago, he'd come off a season in Chicago where he was, you know, in their third pairing. And I think his career, I'm not going to say it was hanging in the balance, but he hadn't really gotten, a, you know, a grasp of a, of a role anywhere. And Daryl Sutter, uh, with the help of Ryan Huska, the defensive coach, were, were instrumental in, like, teaching him structure and, and, and being a good, solid defenseman. Him and Eric Branson were a phenomenal pairing two years ago. Uh, last year, he was pretty good again. This year, he, you know, I think he'd be top four on any team in the National Hockey League, pretty much. Here, he kind of gets bumped down to number five. But either way, you're at, you know, he had 14 goals last year quietly. That's pretty impressive. Ooh. He is uh, very outspoken. That could rub teammates the wrong way. But, uh, and I know, Der- you know, the guy who brought him to Calgary is Brad Trilly. I'm sure he'd be very interested in Nikita Zadorov moving forward. There's no doubt in my mind that if he's not signed, you know, in a timely fashion, that a lot of people will be asking about that guy because there's, there's a great guy to add for a playoff run. Big, strong guy who really cares and can also jump up in the play offensively. So keep an eye on that. But he's he's made it pretty clear he really, really likes it here, and he really, really wants to sign here. And given the fact that, it, in my opinion, you know, Hannafin will be gone at some point soon, uh, I think that they're going to want to keep a guy like Zadorov for a lot less money than they'd have to pay um, Hannafin. And so I, I'm not sure he's going to be out on the open market, but you never know. This thing could be flipped on its head real soon in Calgary. Still time for the Flames to dig themselves out of this early hole, but... Uh... Yeah, it, sense of urgency got a lot quicker with uh, the loss uh, last night in uh, in the outdoor game. Hey, Eric, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, boys. You take care. Thanks, Eric, Eric. Francis, senior columnist, analyst with Sportsnet. Sportsnet.ca. Yeah, I think for for the Oilers, I, I get that you want to say all the right things. It felt like us. Uh, that's way better. Or, but they played a very bad hockey club last night. I, I think Calgary's just... They, they were bad last night. They, yeah. I got nothing out of them, and I don't know whether it was a scrum halfway through where we heard Craig Simpson talk about, oh, there's the Battle of Alberta that we've been kind of waiting for for like Is that your Simmer minutes. impression? <laughs> hey, the highlight <laughs> of that game one. is a mic'd up Evander Kane yeah. going, not just, what are you going to do about it? What are any of you going to do about yeah. it? Just and, looking at the whole team. What are and, any of you going to do about it? And Nothing. the answer? Everyone turned around. Yeah. What are any well, of, thing with him, none he, of you? He ain't a bluffer. No. I mean, he, he's I think he fought three games in a row a before that. Yeah. And he was really good. Actually, oh, yeah. here's a question. Do you think the Flames miss Milan Lucic? Would it help them to have a guy they, they, to say, they miss, hey, Vander? They miss a type of player like that. So right? while we were talking to Eric, I was curious because the size of Zadorov is massive. Um, how many guys in the league do you think are 240 pounds or more in the NHL? Uh, offhand, I'd probably say under half a dozen. I was yeah. going to say 15. It's seven players are 240 and bigger, and there are 26 players playing at over 230 pounds. Heaviest guys in the league? You want to take a guess at all? Or give me a couple Reeves. of names. Uh, where's Reeves at here? 240. Oh, geez. How far down am I going for Ole Reeves? Here he is. 226 he's listed at. 
37th heaviest guy. Yeah. Myers? In your bra. Myers? Uh, Myers, let me see. Uh, Myers, because he's, he's tall. He's a lot of person. Yeah. yeah. I don't see him anywhere in Okay. Here. I guess he's skinny. Give us a list. Give All right. Top, top number one, Jamie Alexiak tips yeah. scales at almost 260. Oh, my 257. God. He's a mutant. Yeah. Zadorov is 248. Number three in the league, Victor Hedman. 246. Six, six. 246 for six, Hedman? 6'6. Six, six. He skates like a guy who's 5'10, oh 180. God. And then Arbor Jack guy is also oh, yeah. 240. Nick Hag's 240. Zach McEwen's 240. There's a few guys. I don't want to get hit. Ovi's 238. Guy. Lucic is 238. Maroon's 234. Yeah. Eh, maybe more. Yeah. Anyway. Jack guy is terrifying. Jack guy's the toughest guy in the league. But I, I watched Edmonton last night and. They still don't look like a team that can compete for the Stanley Cup for me, anyways. Not yet. No. And yeah. I think they they need help for sure on the back end. And I don't know whether or not they overestimated uh, Evan Bouchard. And we saw like what the good about him is last night shooting the puck. Yes, he can shoot the puck. Yeah, we got. He can shoot it very well. But play both ways. When he's not shooting the puck. Is he just going to be this guy that forever at times can be a liability? You know, they still have obviously two elite difference makers there in Edmonton. And that's so I'm not saying they're not a contender, but it's really tough to look at Nurse, CC, Broberg, Bouchard, Kulak, and then think in their division is this Vegas team that's Petrangelo, yeah. Theodore, yeah. Hag, White Cloud, like a really, you know, <laughs> the best D in the league, really. Um, so it's tough to see in a series. Vegas loser. Derek Ryan's assist on Evander Kane's empty netter was the first point the Oilers have gotten from their bottom six this year. Yeah. This year? Yeah. 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 And that's a huge concern. I mean, yeah. I'd We've say, been on the bottom six in Toronto every three day. three weeks and, into the season, yeah. I'd say it's a concern. November tomorrow. Yeah. That's, in, yeah. that's insane. But Skinner, I thought, made some, some key saves there. They, it's not like Calgary didn't have some decent looks, but you got to score five on three. You have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. if the pressure's on, you know, Kadri and, and Gaudreau, and yeah, Kadri scored a goal, but... Um, it didn't look you, you like gotta, they had a plan. It didn't look like they had practiced on that five-on-three. It didn't look like... If you yeah. asked me what they were trying to execute, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it was really disconnected. They might be bad. Uh, I, uh, while we were talking, Huberto is uh, minus 10 in the last 10 days. Mm. Do we have uh, Ryan Husk on uh, Kadri and Huberto? We do have that. Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay. Uh, clip one. I thought they were quiet tonight. Just the way I could say it. Yeah, I thought they were quiet. <laughs> and and the, the, I think Hubert and Kadri, their ice time has been reduced a little bit in recent games. Do you want to maybe see a little bit more of those two? Or um, well, I don't know if it's more. I mean, you, you look for everybody can be a difference maker in their own way. Like some guys are hard to play against. Some guys are are like speedsters. Some guys are tenacious around the net. So understanding what makes them really good hockey players and then looking to be a difference maker is is important so that's something that we need from from those two guys for sure they're key players for us and they're very good players and we need we need to see that consistently see mcdavid and drysaddle are not allowed to be quiet no they're just if they're quiet they lose right? and if one of them Mc, yeah. mcdavid was okay and i get all of that coming back Chance of a lifetime, a great experience for you, your family. Loves Nickelback. Yeah, I love Nickelback, all that. I get that. Good interview with him. Right? Yes. Yes. Yes, he looks human. like a human. Yeah, Relax, it's great talking. to see. Sorry. Yeah, continue. He asked but, me about Nickelback. He opens right up, baby. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> Run it to the ground. But they, they've, they've got to find a way to get on scoreboards, and they yeah. most often than not do. 
doesn't even guarantee the Oilers a win. Yeah. But like Huberto and Kadri at what eighteen million dollars between them too. They've got to get on the score sheet. We should have a leaderboard of the euphemisms coaches use that are really harsh. And like quiet. soft is the number one. Quiet is probably yeah. number two. Yeah. If anyone calls you quiet, it's, you know, what would you say you do here type yeah. of thing? Yeah. No, they have to be impactful uh, and lead the way for Calgary or else it's not, it's not happening. One team that should get some love on the weekend is the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Who I thought showed very well against the Rangers. And, Entertaining uh, hockey game. It's really good. Hose the OT. Right? Yeah. Hose. Uh, no. You got to call that trip on um, Pedersen. Yeah. Absolutely. It was terrible. It's interesting because we, I just asked Eric the question, like, when you're at this point in the standings this early, are you starting to have the conversation with yourself, like, maybe our roster's not good enough? I am now at the point with the Canucks where I'm like, this might not be a fluke. Well, like, I can squint and kind of see it. Well, if if... If Calgary's not what you thought they'd be, is there a wild card opportunity here for Vancouver? That's what you're asking. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, and and not just is the opportunity there, but like I kind of think that they're actually a pretty good team. Like Demko's looking like Demko. Patterson's great. You know, when their elite players are going, Heronic. Yeah, Heronic and Huser was just a, a maybe even a better find than we thought. Yeah, we kind of made fun of them for that one. Well, I think people made fun of the idea that they weren't going into a rebuild. Yeah. Which, you know, if they get competitive here and get into the playoffs, maybe, you know, right. and the idea was on that our face. One would your your top four uh your top two pair would have one of Hughes and Heronic on. Yeah, right? they've been playing together a little bit too and well, quite a bit, and they've been great. So that is a that is a great duo for them. Um they've been searching for someone to play with Hughes, so yeah, he's yeah. been, you know, watching that game on Saturday night, there was a absolute show of two amazing offensive defensemen. Yeah. Adam Fox in that game oh, was God. outstanding. And I think he kind of gets a little bit lost in that conversation when you talk about McCarr, you talk about, you know, Carlson had however many points last year, talk about Quinn Hughes, but Adam Fox was legitimately excellent. He scores a tying goal. Like, he was he's really shifty. good. He lies. Yeah. He's always looking yeah, off. He is was, awesome. he, was he a second-round pick? Adam no, Fox? I think he was a... Was he a late first, or did he go in the second? Because there are some teams that passed on him. Jericho, New York boy. He was a third him. overall pick. I was a no, third, no. third round pick. Third round yes. pick. And he went to college, just, and then someone lost look his at right. the names. Flames traded his... Flames oh. Well, he was never going to Calgary, so right. it's not like Calgary had right. much of a choice it. here. Yeah. Uh, they didn't blow it. They didn't... They got a great trade. That was an excellent trade by Tree. Remember, it was the... It was traded with Carolina. Yeah, he went to Carolina uh, with Dougie Hamilton came back yeah. and Elias Lindholm and Noah Hanna. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big one. That was a blockbuster. Yeah. It's a rare time you get multiple pieces and they all but pan your, out. Your leafy Sammy passed on Adam Fox. Didn't yeah. want him, eh, Sam? Yeah, I hate him. You, you didn't want him? No, he's, Sam. he's a really, really good player. But yeah, Canucks playing hard for Tockett. That's like, nice to see. There, there, there's hard. an argument to say that they, they've been – like from beginning to up until this point, the the best t- overall team in Canada, the brightest surprise for sure. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Maybe surprise just or not, just overall uh, the most engaged or yeah. uh, responsive. Maybe that's the yeah. word. I think responsive yeah. team to 
their coach. I mean, imagine having this conversation and not noting that the Montreal Canadiens are 5-2-1, yeah. tied with the Leafs, yeah. you know, yeah. to start their season two. How many, uh, Vancouver overtime. also 5-2-1. They, they've done a couple in those three-on-three three, Minus uh, one goal differential for them. <laughs> the those, Canucks are plus 12. Okay, Canucks. In those, plus 12 is nice. Plus 12 That's a real number. Cole Caulfield would be the best player in the history of the game if it was just three-on-three. Three. Oh, yeah. He is electric. <laughs> he, he is what you 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 were talking about. If you find that entertaining, yeah, Sammy. he is a sharpshooter. All right, uh, it's game time. Presented by Bet Three Six Five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary to bet at Three Six Five. Must be nineteen plus. Ontario only. Play responsibly. Now, tonight is a very exciting night in the world of sports. It is the sports equinox. Explain so that, Sam. We yes. have a NFL game tonight. Mm-hmm. A really. Not exciting primetime game with the Detroit Lions taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. We have a World Series match tonight with the Arizona Diamondbacks at home to the Texas Rangers. We have a bunch of hockey games. We have a bunch of NBA games. So all four major sports are playing on the same day, which rarely happens. October and April, the two best sports months by mile. So I cooked up a little four-game cross-sports parlay for everybody. Ooh, how fun. Thank you. A Vegas Golden Knights win. Yeah, that's easy. Lock. Arizona Diamondbacks to win on the money line, minus 110. The Toronto Raptors on the money line, who are minus 370. Pretty big favorites. Portland, they're playing tonight, stinks. Blew in overtime, didn't they? Oh, my God. Didn't the, they, weren't they up like a gazillion points with like five minutes the fri- to go? The Friday, <laughs> night game, the Friday night game in Chicago was a debacle. It was Oh, the DeMar overtime. Actually, I did catch something. It was yeah. truly horrible. Yeah. And then the Detroit Lions, minus seven at minus 110, for a five-to-one parlay on the sports equinox. So there you go. There's a little... Uh, so you like the Lions? Bo- yeah, I like the Lions a lot. Vegas rots. I just hate I hate betting baseball because it's just so unpredictable. I think it's predictable. Hey, tonight, Zona, D-back. first game in the... Yeah. And another quick one I have here. This is a longer shot. Bruins and uh, Panthers tonight. little rematch from the first-round oh, yeah. series. I think the Bruins are going to come out super hot in that game. It's a you know big statement game. It's in Boston. Uh, I like the Bruins to be leading two nothing after ten minutes at fourteen to one. <laughs> so there's the a little specific little, yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah no, but time. it's a little something a little fun for you. I think they're going to come out hot, score a couple ones early, maybe a close game, but I think they'll be on fire to start that game at the TD Garden. They'll get a couple calls like they always do there, and away we go. Bruins still the oh, or sorry, one of two undefeated teams in the NHL. Bruins in Vegas still. Uh, how many how many games? Well, not undefeated. Seven in regulation. Seven. Well, they haven't taken a loss. Well, can they you, lost can, in you, can you tell me the, sure. the the teams the Bruins have beaten up until now? San Jose, San Jose, San Jose, San Jose. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's been I no, you're not that far it's off. It's been a soft schedule for throw them. in Anaheim yeah. and throw in Chicago I'm, and I'm pulling it up here. Right? I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, uh, but let me do it, buddy. We're in Canada. Take Go it on. away from the Bruins. Go ahead. Everyone will be happy. Um, their schedule so far. Yeah, uh, they have played. Uh, they started. With the Blackhawks, Duds. Predators, non-playoff, non-playoff, Sharks, non, Kings, okay, meh, Ducks, meh, non, Blackhawks, meh, Ducks, meh, Red Wings, meh. Uh, you get two fringe, two come, wild card teams, yeah. and five Red Wings are coming down to earth a little bit, and then they're playing, and then they play uh, tonight against the uh, Florida Panthers, and then they play a real team on Thursday, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Maplers, yep. What a test. All right. Is that it? was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Do we still have time to kind of just mention like the San Jose Sharks? It's just 
Oh my embarrassing. Buddy. Relegate them. Huh? Relegate them. Come on. They so I am a they're all their goal differential before November right now is minus twenty six. Oh and eight. Minus twenty six, and the next worst team is like minus fifteen, and then no one else has double digits. Well. So I have this theory that you can't tear it down past the studs like this. Like this is too far, even for a rebuild trying to aim for a top pick. They should add players just to so, save face. Like, like unlike Chicago, there they've got Logan Couture at a big number. They got hurt. Uh, Hurdle. Hurdle at a big number. Like, they got some money still here. It's not like they 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 completely got scot-free with unloading Carlson here. They still got a lot of work to do to strip this thing down. Like They can't strip it down more. You have to pay at least to the floor. There's nowhere to go. They suck. <laughs> they have $3 million in cap space. They need to add players. You oh, like it's not good gosh. for developing anything. It's not good for your culture. It's They're not mailing good for your fans. it in now. But fine, they'll finish bottom five if they add three good players tomorrow. They can't. We it's, suck. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's too. This is too bad. They are. You can't be this bad. Okay, we're gonna take God, a quick break. Uh, their roster is still putrid. Plenty to get <laughs> into, including a horrific accident. Uh, pro hockey player Adam Johnson lost his life to a. An incident uh, with a skate blade. Uh, plenty of talk uh, now about net guards and should we make a mandatory? We're going to want to get into that. Kale McCarr took a heavy hit also. We want to discuss that. Plenty more. Joe Thornton retiring. Jumbo. Our thoughts on Joe, Jumbo Joe. More to come still on Real Kipper and Bourne. Stick around. Sad news on the weekend when it was announced that former NHL player Adam Johnson died in what the team described as a freak accident during a Saturday hockey game when one of the opponents, skate blade, came up, cut him in the throat, um, and uh, just devastating news. Uh, it's not like we're unfamiliar with anything like this. We've had... A couple of close calls over the last few years, but I think the maybe the, the most dangerous one we can go back to maybe Clint Malarchuk in Buffalo. But outside of Zadnik. that, Zednik, uh, Zednik was bad. Zednik too. Zednik, yeah. okay, yeah. But you know, it, it sort of happens in other places. Uh, Lauka in Boston recently took one uh, in the eye, pretty good, pretty close. And uh, it was Redmond in Winnipeg had his femoral artery cut during a practice. <sighs> You know, it happens, right? I mean, not to this extent of this awful tragedy. Um, but the league, I shouldn't say the league, but hockey is trying to prevent some of it. You know, guys now wearing the Kevlar wristbands and Kevlar socks mm. with, you know, not anti-cut yeah. technology, I guess, but yeah, certainly so, preventative. Uh, Eric Carlson, a great NHL defenseman, had an issue with a, a calf. Calves seem to be... Yeah. Something that uh, players have experienced over the last few years. Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, feet are you're kicking around the yeah. corner. That's more likely and a no-brainer to wear socks like that. So where are you guys in terms of what should be a player's choice to wear and what should be mandatory? A good question. I just don't feel like I paid enough respect to how awful this was. And just for myself, just, you know, 
for their family, their friends, everyone. Unthinkable. You know, our condolences from the show. It's just seriously 100%. Awful. Um, You know, that's an interesting question, Kip. The, you know, personal choice thing, and you're trying to be a professional, and if you feel that, you know, maybe a neck guard would somehow be prohibitive or hot, or I I saw uh, TJ Oshie weighed in on it a little bit. He has a company, War Road, that makes some Kevlar uh, turtlenecks and stuff, and he was saying that he doesn't wear them. For a number of reasons, um, he says he, he goes through a lot of shirts in a game and he feels they just makes him even hotter and sweat too much and whatever. I I feel like the owners spend a lot of money on the players. They invest millions in these guys to work for them. And if you work at a plant, power plant or whatever, your boss has the right to say, you got to wear safety goggles in here, protect us and li- the liability and all that. I'd be okay with the team saying you got to wear Kevlar here, here, and here. I don't Neck guards, I don't know, because it's, I'm unfamiliar with it, so it feels weird to say it'd be okay, but I think I'm okay with it. Does that make sense to you? That like it kind of makes sense to me your employer would be able to say, we need you protected, we're invested in you? But I think neck guards in general are like stigmatized by hockey. Like I think it's a kind of an uncool thing to wear a neck guard. Sammy, sure. uh, Turtleneck. Uh, vi- once upon a time, visors were uncool. I know. Right. Like I, Helmets I, were uncool. I play beer league hockey in Toronto and I've worn a neck guard for my whole time I've ever played hockey. I've always worn a neck guard and I would say that's the number one thing that I get chirped for other than my crappy skating. Yeah. Is I, that guys would be like, oh, nice neck guard, nice neck guard. Like it's a, it's like a stigmatized thing that's not I never cool even thought of it. Like I yeah. haven't worn one in yeah. 20 years. So always I, wear one. Yeah. I, I play once a week with yeah. a few of the guys and I got my visor on. I've got my helmet on. I haven't worn shoulder pads since no my shoulders. last game. Yeah. Okay. So that just gives some context on uh, the game. But no, yeah, non contact. I guess if I fall, I'm not even sure shoulder pads will save a yeah, separated but shoulder. No. But I, I'm still loose on my wrists and I'm still exposed in my neck. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of is outside of how dreadful that is for his family yeah. and his friends is. Like, I'm an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot for yeah. going out there Thursday mornings and not covering up. Well, why? What, like, what are you I doing? Know. Well, and then One for slip. me, I have a visor and I'm putting a cage on. Not because of this, but just it's dumb to not at my mm. age. And I know you're not wearing yeah. one, but I wore it in college for years. So maybe I'm a little more used to it. And it's just stupid to not have it on. I've broken teeth. I'm I on took one TV. in the face in my, in, when I was 20 something yeah. and put a cage on. Never, never again. You know, yeah. It's like it just sucks. Yeah. But so, that's, that's us who don't earn one dime from right. the game anymore. Yes. Great point. And the only thing I could tell you is remembering being in a position of playing and hearing about how close someone came to losing their eye that I just hope it's not me, but I, I don't want to wear a visor. I'm not going to do did it. Did you not wear one in the NHL? I did not wear one. Not at all, NHL. ever? No. No. God, it must have been so nice, though. Oh. Like, you know. Have you ever done it? Yeah, of course. When I play like shinny or whatever yeah. on Sunday nights, yeah, uh, just outdoor, no fogging up or scratching, no, you, you get but... that cool w- wind in your face. It feels like a million bucks. I can only imagine how great it feels in the NHL until Tony Twist shows up and, and right. punch you. The, in the, the face. feeling I've had since I've left the game is that you you, you guys are the uh, you know the gatekeepers of the game. You play it. Nobody else plays it. You guys want to wear one? You wear one. You don't. You don't. That's your choice. But you also made an interesting point: is at some point where do the insurance companies come in and the liability? And you know, if if you gave them the choice of wearing a neck guard or uh, sitting here with us doing a show every yeah. day, 
I think they'd pick the net guard. I think so too. And I wonder if technology hasn't come along far enough where they're fairly breathable, if you could maybe compromise on a mock neck or not yeah. some Thomas Placanek right up to your yeah. you know, chin or whatever. I know I mentioned Oshi before. He said that he is going to order. He ordered five from his own company, and he's going to try it and have some of his teammates try it and just see how it feels. Yeah. Um, the simple answer is that it should be no big deal. Put it on. Yeah. Protect yourself. Better for everyone, and whatever. The league over there made it mandatory today to put them on. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mandatory, I think, December 31st. And right yeah. now, strongly recommended yeah. until they can ensure they yeah. have enough. Um, yeah. Prayer, it, man. It's just, it's sickening. You know, we have a seatbelt law because people yeah. in car accidents were getting hurt and a helmet law for bikes in a lot of places. And, you know, do you need to protect people from themselves? This just seems like such a small thing. It's not really a performance thing, is it? Like, yeah, but they, and I have, and others have claimed that if if I'm not comfortable with it, then it is a performance issue. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. So, uh, Kale McCart took a heavy hit mm-hmm. Sunday in, in Buffalo. Uh, just looked like a, a normal play along uh, behind the net. But yeah, uh, Opposer cut enough of them when he went in heavily. And, you know, not to... Separate incidences, obviously, but I think it goes to show you how quick and how fast something can happen on the ice. Yeah, and it wasn't. I, I didn't. I got no I problem with I, the, I the pressure it three there. times. Yeah, and I would never deem Okpozo to be a no he's got dirty a player career and, behind. And him he knows none who, of that. you. You know when you're chasing somebody. Yeah, who right? you're behind. You know you're chasing the sixth defenseman on the depth chart or the number one defenseman. Yeah, you got to stay up on the car. Or you're getting. Smoked, you, you're gone. I think it's another example of how fast something can turn ugly quickly. Yes. Like, I, I watched it three times. I'm like, how did Makar not break his kneecap? Well, I know. You know, I actually, I don't know if I ever wrote this article or not because I've been doing this for a while. But, like, I uh, I clipped a bunch of uh, highlights of people going into the corner with D and putting pressure on them from behind. And most of the time, they take that pressure. They absorb that, you know, those hits or whatever. They know there's someone on their back. You can hit people from behind and nothing happens until it does. You know what I mean? Like, D often take contact there was it with Ber- no issue. So, was that Berkey's idea, the bear hug yeah, idea? Yeah, go in and be able to Where wrap a guy to, up. To wrap a guy up? In yeah, itself no. sounds right. terrifying. Right. Your arms pinned at your side, screaming yeah, into the glass. <laughs> I'm bear hugging everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah, I got nothing but holding penalties from here on until <laughs> yeah. the rest of my career. Quincy Williams over here. Yeah. But Quinnen. Quinnen, yeah. See, these guys are great skaters. They're world class. Yeah. But it doesn't take much to throw off one or two degrees. And then once you lose it, it's. Oh, you're it's flying done. into the You're boards. flying into the boards. McCarr's one of the best skaters in the world. I equate it to. When I when people say how how can a guy fall like that or how can he he's supposed to be really good I'm like get on your skateboard go down your street and then hit a pebble and let's watch a hundred percent let's watch it's like an F one race or whatever it's It's like these guys are the best drivers in the world and all of a sudden a little slip and that's all you need is just a little slip so get your bike uh, tire stuck in the streetcar tracks got a few friends that have worn that across the forehead uh i'm watching detroit and uh calgary last sunday i think and rizichka gets thrown into the end boards i am like three times i'm like how did he end up there i was just skates over his head and it's like it's it was 
James Reimer going to poke check him and just clipping his skate just a tad. Yeah. And these guys going and 20 miles an hour on yeah, ice. It's, like, it's done. You're done. Yeah. There's no control. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no time to protect yourself. There's nothing. And I know. And I mean, so is the point here then these guys should wear all the equipment well, they can have. I, the point is it's it's a it's a high risk out yeah. there. It's a constant high risk. Do you think they'll ever wear like cages in the NHL? No, I don't see it in anytime soon. No. No, I don't see cages. Like there's a big complaint that we can't identify with the players already. Right. From a marketing perspective. I do think it's a, a league thing about yeah. player recognizability. It's just guys shoot everything yeah. high now. And, Goalies uh, are on their knees. I know, Sammy, prior to the show, you had mentioned that you saw the video mm. of uh of Adam, uh unfortunately. Uh Brutal and sure. you told me not to see it, but I I, I needed to see it. Mm. I, I wanted to see it. Uh, just so I can nope. under get a better understanding. And, you know, this is the stupid world we live in, in in social media, but, you know, the opponent is probably taking a lot of heat right now. Which is the worst thing I've which ever Which is heard. the worst. The Matt, worst. Matt Grave, who actually won the OHL championship with the Owen Sound Attack. So and I can't, familiar with him. You know, I, I can't imagine too, what man. he's going through right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I needed to see it so I could just get a sense of our game still. And, you know, it's not the it's not the clearest picture. No. And it's really grainy. But my sense by watching it was that there was a, 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 a guy in the middle driving and whether or not he made contact, to my point about the pebble, it, they may have touched skates a little bit and whatever... whatever uh, happened between the the player driving in the middle lane and the and uh, and Matt what may have been enough to to completely airborne his his blade and again just to my my point in all of this is that like it just takes a, mm. a fraction of an inch for something to go wrong and yeah, it's dangerous out there. And well, well then maybe Kevlar n- not mock necks are not a terrible idea to yeah. try out or whatever. Just if you're, if I was the team owner, I would buy boxes full of them and be like, "Please, right. everyone, give it a try at least. Just at yeah. least make an effort." Well, you're trying to protect some ten million dollar asset. An asset, yeah. You know. Right. So. Yeah. Same with all the risk well, cards and stocks and all that. As you touched on our. our Thoughts and prayers, and uh, are with the Johnson family. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, no real surprise. Joe Thornton retiring. I don't know. He's looked like he's been retired for a long time. I thought he was retired on the Leafs. <laughs> hey You see the video? Him wearing the hat. He yeah. hasn't worn a with shirt. No, no, no shirt. shirt. Yeah, retired. I don't shirt. think he's had a shirt on no. since he's retired. He, <laughs> or since he's stopped playing. Congrats on an amazing career. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I, he, the guy just retired. I don't want to. Get after him too much, but <laughs> but you would otherwise because you kind of are inadvertently right, right. right now. I hated that the scene. I'll never forget the Amazon scene. Well, we're in first place. Yeah. Well. Anyways, but guy just retired. But I don't know. And Joe, the way we kind of knew Joe, he was always kind of this always look on the bright side of life kind of guy. I admire that too. I get it. You know. You know. Uh, you need some of those guys too. You can have Nathan McKinnon freaking out over Kale McCarr not getting hit in a dirty way and getting ejected from a game. You can, you need guys like that. Yeah. But you also need some guys to say, ah, eh, we're doing okay. You know? Uh, what do you end up with? 
I think I have it right here. Thornton Points? stats? Oh 1,714 games. That's got to be top Oh, my God, that's a lot of games. Isn't it? That's a lot of games. 1,109 assists. Oh, An just... Art Ross, a Hart, and four times All-Star. He is sixth all-time in games played. I can't imagine playing that long and not experience live, lifting the silver trophy, oh, though. I know. And he knows, too, right? That's that's hard. He's the highest guy up this list that hasn't. That's for sure. Well, on games played? Yeah. The number one guy didn't either. Oh, Patrick Barlow's number one? Yeah. Also, yeah. Joe is close to number one. God, tight cluster San there. San Jose Sharks. Oof. <laughs> Our condolences to the San Jose might, Sharks might, for those. Might years. help watching them suck right now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be horrible if they won the Stanley bet, Cup now. I bet you that was Joe being like, "I'm going to retire. I'm not going back to play for them." All right, just like that, real Kipper and born over. Our thanks to Eric Francis for joining us, talking outdoor game. We're back tomorrow. Nine games on tap, including a rematch between the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. What was it? Two, uh, two goal lead for Boston in the first 10 minutes, Sammy. Is that what you thought? Yeah. That's not happening. <laughs> Boston, ben, ben soft schedule. Florida will give them a good run tonight. Love it. Okay. Stay safe, everybody. We're back tomorrow for more Real Kipper and Bourne.